0: Welcome to FHOP Church, message of the week. We pray you are challenged by the word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. All right, so turn with me to Luke chapter 10. We're going to go to verse 25 of luke chapter 10 and this is what it says it says and behold a lawyer stood up to put him that's jesus to the test saying teacher what shall i do to inherit eternal life and he said to him what is written in the law how do you read it and he answered you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength and all your mind and your neighbor as yourself and he said to him you've answered correctly do this and you will live let's flip over to matthew now chapter 22 where we have another version of this story that we see and in matthew 22 it it reads like this in verse 34 it says but when the pharisees heard that jesus had silenced the sadducees they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now let's stop for a second. If there's one commandment that's greater than any others, don't you think we should know what it is? Right? I, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, and I'm going to follow Jesus, wouldn't it be important for me to know what Jesus thought the most important commandment was is it thou shall not steal is it thou shall not covet um, is it is it thou shall not bear false witness what is the greatest commandment and we just read part of it over in Luke and Jesus said to him what we just read you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and this is the great and first commandment and then he says the second is like it: you should love your neighbor as yourself but we're going to back up and we're only going to focus on this first and greatest commandment today which is you shall love the lord your god with all your heart say heart with all your soul say soul and with all your mind say mind if we look over in luke where we just were it says actually your your mind and your strength we look in in uh, mark it will all say with all of your heart uh, with all of your soul with all your mind and strength so actually has four things there which we're going to talk about why it's that way um, in those gospels matthew mark and luke are called the synoptic gospels because these three gospels are a little different than john john tells things a little bit different but this story is found in matthew mark and luke and where does it come from flip with me way back to the beginning of your bible to deuteronomy we're going to go way back it's genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy and in deuteronomy 6 this is where we find what jesus is quoting in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says this Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. This portion of scripture is called the Shema. Say Shema. This is what the word here? if you look at that first word in verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel. It actually says, Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ahad, which is this prayer that Jewish people, even to this day, pray every morning when they wake up and every night before they go to bed. Now, how many of you, that's an important prayer. And it, it struck me this week as I was sitting in my room reading this, that I'm reading this prayer that was written almost 3,500 years ago, and here I am, just some random dude sitting in Arkansas in my bedroom, and I'm reading this inspired Word of God that's 3,500 years old, and it just came off the page and grabbed my heart this week. When we see this right here, the word Shema, it means hear. It means listen. How many of you ever tried to get someone to listen to you before? Listen. Can I tell you that this word, listen, Shema, um, interesting side note, it's also where we get the name Simon. Um, I believe it was Rachel when God finally heard her prayer. He said, God had heard my prayer, and she named her son Simon, which is a version of this word, Shema. He heard me. How many know you can hear, but not always hear? This word right here, here, it doesn't just mean to hear as in, okay, I I hear you. It means to hear as in, I hear and I obey. I believe it's in James um, chapter 1. I'll flip there. Hang on. You can go there with me, I guess, if you want. I think I can get there quick. In James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves ladies and gentlemen you can come to church every day and be the most deceived person in the world because you're a hearer of the word only and not a doer one of the biggest things we talk about in our our disciple making groups is we can't just hear this we actually have to walk it out did you know the book of acts is actually the book of actions it's faith that we live faith without works the scripture tells us is dead right and we know this how many of you have kids and you tell them something and they say yes i heard you but they didn't do the thing that you asked so you say okay i know that you heard me but you didn't hear me right ruby can attest even when i was a young man there's a few times she Told me things and I heard her, but I didn't hear her. This word Shema, this word hear, it doesn't just mean to hear it, it means to hear and obey. It means to hear and do. It says, For if there is, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and then goes away and at once forget what he looks like. Guys, can I tell you, um, this happened to me during quarantine. I would get up and I would look at myself in the mirror. I think that guy looked rough. And then you know what I would do? Uh, I would walk away and just forget what I looked like. I'm not going to do anything about that today. I'm not going to see anybody for a couple weeks. Doesn't matter. I'll deal with that later. This word, when we look in... Deuteronomy chapter 6, when it says here, it's saying listen, but don't just listen, do. And what I think is so crazy is when it comes down and says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God. The commandment is to love. I'm going to say that again. The commandment is to love. He's commanding them to love. Wait a minute. How can you command someone to love you? Wouldn't that be nice? I command you all to love me this morning. Is that what he meant? Can I tell you this morning, that's what he meant. When he says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Um, If you look in your Bible there, actually, if it says the lord you'll notice that the word lord is in all caps capital l-o-r-d and this is because this word in the original language isn't the word lord as in master Um, this in the original language is the lord as in we we sang it some today is yahweh or sometimes we say it jehovah it's spelled y-h-w-h which it's just a word That means it's the name of God. It's the special name of God. And what would happen is that the Jewish people, because they didn't want to dishonor the name of God, that they refused to even say His name. And so when they would come to this part of Scripture where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Instead of saying Yahweh, which is probably the closest pronunciation we don't know um, to what they had, They would not say Yahweh. They would say Adonai, which means Lord. It means Master. Because they did not want to disrespect the name of God. Because isn't that one of the commandments? It's to not use the Lord's name in vain. And they so much did not want to use the Lord's name in vain that they wouldn't even say it. They would use a different word completely. And that's what the English translators have done here. They don't put Yahweh there. They don't put YHWH. They don't use the special name of God. They just put LORD in all caps. And when you read that, you know that it's actually the special name of the Hebrew God, the one and only God. Because this is a time and place where most religions of the world are polytheistic. They have lots of gods. And he's saying, no, no, no. We're different because we serve the one, the true God. And He is Lord. What I think they got wrong a little bit, and I admire their desire to honor the Lord by not using His name. But can I tell you, using the Lord's name in vain has very little to do with not saying GD or using Jesus Christ when you smash your finger. Now, you shouldn't do those things. I think that also is dishonoring to the Lord. But can I tell you, that when he says don't use the Lord's name in vain, don't profane the name of the Lord, it's not about not using the Lord's name as a cuss word. What it's about is not living your life in a way that's saying, oh yeah, I belong to God, and then living your life in a way that profanes Him. That's what, that's what the prophet said in Ezekiel and in Isaiah and other places. He says, because of you, the name of the Lord is profaned. Because you say you belong to me, but you don't live your life in service to me you say i'm your lord but i'm not your lord you're not surrendered to me you've profaned my name and this morning ladies and gentlemen look real close at me my question for you is are you profaning the name of the lord look over in in philippians really quickly I believe it's chapter two, I'm guessing here. Here it is, chapter two. In verse eight, it's talking about Jesus as being found in human form, being humbled. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name that is above every other name. He has this special name. It is the name of God. Jesus is the name of God. In fact, when they went to arrest Jesus, and they said, who are you? He says, I am. I am, like He declared Himself, and that's, that's a version of what, when we look at the name of God and what it means, it means I am, He is present, He is the God. He is the name that is above every other name, and it says this in verse 10, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father can i tell you ladies and gentlemen a day is coming when every knee will bow to jesus and every tongue will confess look around this room each one of us will bow now guys sometimes i inadvertently think i'm awesomer than i am anybody else ever have that problem y'all bunch of liars um What if I just got like, oh, you junior high kids, if I just got you all up here and I was like, I just want you to bow down to me for a while because I'm pretty awesome. Yeah, that'd be weird, right? That'd be weird. You know what's crazy in Scripture? Every time an angel shows up on the scene, the person that they reveal themselves to like gets down on their face and bows down and is like, please don't kill me. right and that's just an angel like there is a day coming where god will so reveal his awesomeness to every single one of us that every single one of us in this room we will bow down before him and declare him as lord he is god Those who would not surrender to Him in this life in the next will surrender to Him completely because Jesus is Lord. And then we come to this part of this command in Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. It says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is the command to love God. You are commanded to love God. This is the command greatest commandment to love the Lord your God how can you command me to love you can I tell you this morning that love is not an emotion or a feeling it's never been an emotion or a feeling and we confuse it in our culture because in our culture we feel like we can fall in love with someone right I fell in love with like it's just some sort of like I don't know like pit That you just couldn't help it and you tripped over and all of a sudden you were in love. And then you spend the next part of your life trying to climb out of that pit. And I just don't love them anymore. Can I tell you, love is a choice. Love has always been a choice. It's a choice that you have to make every day. If you're married, love is a choice. If you don't love them anymore, it's because you made the decision not to love them anymore. Love is a choice. Otherwise, Jesus couldn't command us to love God. We have a choice whether to be obedient to the commandment of God or not. It is your choice. My question is, do you love Him with all of your heart you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart say all say all what does all mean with all of your heart has your heart ever really been into something like you ever know someone who's just super passionate about something and you're like man their heart is all in on whatever it is my question for us this morning 400 house of prayers is is our heart all in on loving our god or are we holding part of our heart back is there a portion of that secret place that no one can see that you've partitioned off and you've hidden away you say god you can have all of this but not this little part right here that's a question that i can't answer for you That's a question that maybe if I were able to sit down with you for a couple hours, maybe we could figure that out together. But me standing up in front of you on a Sunday morning, there's no way I'll be able to answer that question for you. That's a question that only you and your God know the answer to. And as I say it, some of you are like, you know what? It's true that there's a portion of my heart that I'm trying to hide away from the King of the universe that we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our emotion, everything that's deep inside of us. With all of our heart. And this says with all of your soul. The soul isn't just... You, you, this word soul isn't just like my spirit man inside of me. When the writer said soul, he's talking about every part of you. You, you are your soul. That's, it's who you are as a person do you love the Lord with every single part of who you are as a person is there any part of you like this part belongs to God but this part belongs to Drew this part belongs to me that I hold back it's your identity it's who you are and and some of us have different versions of ourselves. There's the work version of ourselves. There's the home version of ourselves. There's the church version of ourselves. The school version of ourselves. <sighs> These different versions of ourselves that we, we... Quite frankly, some of them are fake versions of ourselves. And we're supposed to love the Lord our God with every single version of ourselves is there a version of me that exists that isn't completely surrendered to God and then we come to this last word that says that we should love the Lord our God with all of our might and this is where things get a little tricky because if we remember from the New Testament It said mind and strength, but here it says might. And that's because this word right here is a weird word. Um, A little grammar lesson for you real quick. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, a heart is a noun, right? You remember nouns from when you were in school? Kids, you remember nouns from your virtual learning? A noun is a person, place, or thing. A heart is a thing. I love the Lord God with all my heart. And then it says to love the Lord your God with all of your soul. That's also a noun. That's also a noun. But this word here, to love your Lord your God with all your might. This word might is not a noun. It's an adverb. And I don't know if you remember school, but an adverb is something that is used to describe something else. And this word right here, might, it's the word very or much. It's the same word that is used back when God goes to create the universe. And in six days, he he creates all these things. And at the end of every day, what does he say? He says, it was good. It was good. It was good. And then he makes man and he says something different. When he makes man, he says, it was very good, right? That's the same word here. That word very good. That's this word right here. It says that you should love the Lord your God with all of your muchness. With with the best of the best that's inside of you. And here it's translated might. When we go over to the New Testament and you see Jesus talking about it, he says, You should love the Lord your God with all of your, 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 your heart and your soul. And then he says, Your mind and your strength your mind and your strength and these words the word mind there isn't just like well just my mind no it's your deepest thoughts you go back and look the root of that word it means your deep thoughts the deepest part of who you are that you sit and you contemplate in I want to love the Lord my God with the deepest parts of who I am and that word strength is like the best of your abilities it means like more like ability not like strength as in you guys tell I've been working out not like that. Not that kind of might or strength, but this kind of I have these abilities and I'm going to dig deep and use them for the glory of God. I'm going to love the Lord of God with all of my muchness, with everything I am. Basically what this scripture is saying, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your might, it's saying to love God with every single part of who you are. And my question for us this morning for our house prayer is, are you doing that? Are you loving God with every single part of who you are? Is there a portion of you that you're holding back? And what is it? What is the part that you're holding back from the King of kings and the Creator of the universe. And as we read in verse 6, it says, these are the words I command you today that shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Do, do you do this? Do you teach this commandment to, that God It's commanding you to love Him with everything you are. When's the last time you and your kids talked about it? Or the people you have influence in your life? Teach them diligently. Not just every now and then when it comes up. Diligently teach them to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and you walk by the way. So if you're sitting or walking, usually always sitting or walking right when you lie down and when you rise so if you're in bed or if you're up that we're teaching to love the lord god with all of your heart and your soul and your muchness your might and in verse 8 it says you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house, on your gates. And you'll see actually Jewish people will do this today. They'll write Scripture. And they'll bind them to their hand. And and they'll tie them to their forehead. Like li- taking this passage literally. I am i don't think this is meant to be literal. Um, I don't fault them for doing it literal because it's a command. But I think it means like even when I'm reaching for something, they're on my hand. So if any time I go to do something, as I reach for things, I'm loving the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all my soul, with all my might, and I'm teaching others to do the same. And if I'm if it's right here between my eyes, that means it's going to be in the way every time I try to look at something or do something. It's right there in the way. Interesting enough that this is kind of imagery is echoed in revelations when it's talking about end times this is also the imagery that we see for the mark of the beast um, where some believe the mark is a literal mark that would be on your hand or between your eyes others believe that it's a reference to this that the mark of the beast will be a lifestyle where everything i do i do for the antichrist rather than for the christ My strength goes to Him rather than to Jesus the King. How many of you know we can be really worried about the mark of the beast, but it's really easy to not be worried about, oh man, I'm worried I might accidentally take the mark. Can I tell you this? If you're living for Christ, you don't have to worry about that. Whether it's a literal mark or a metaphorical mark, whatever it is, can I tell you, living for Jesus... You do not have to worry whether you might accidentally take the mark of the beast or not. Because your life is surrendered to the king. And in the scripture, he's talking like when when I when I leave my house, his commandments on my doorpost. So as I'm leaving and, and as I'm coming and going from my house, I'm thinking, how can I love the Lord my God with all of my heart, my soul, and my might today? When I come to the gates into a city or into my property? How can I love the Lord my God with all... Like, it's it's consuming every part of who I am. When I sit, when I stand, when I lay down, when I rise, every part of me is committed to this loving the Lord my God with every part of who I am. And if they do this... uh, I love this in verse 10. It says, And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, like He's saying, you're going to be so blessed. You're going to be so blessed. Blessed because you remembered the Lord. Because you put His commandment first. You're going to be so blessed. How many know there's danger in blessing? There's danger in blessing. It says, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. The, The problem with blessing is it causes us to forget the one who blessed us. Like every gift from the Lord is about the Lord, not the gift. And we can get so caught up in the blessing that we forget the God. And how many know? I mean, I was guilty of it when I was a kid. And your parents ask you to do something, and you say, "Well, I forgot anybody i forgot is that still disobedience you know why you forgot because it wasn't important enough for you to remember and so this morning can i say something if 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 you're walking through a season right now where god is blessing you first of all praise god that you're walking in blessing right now but can i say don't forget the blesser don't forget the one who gave you the blessing that you're walking in. Because it was never about the blessing in the first place. The Scripture tells the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Can I tell you, no matter what it is, the Lord is doing it for your benefit. All things work together for the good, for them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. His purpose is that you glorify Him with every part of your being say all, all. say all. all it is the lord your god you sh- shall fear him you will serve and by his name you shall swear you shall not go after other gods the gods of the peoples who are around you and and i think today we we believe that man I'm, i mean i'm none of us are going to go serve another god i mean i, I don't ever see malachi going and bow down before some statue somewhere you know and and uh, that'd be just none of us i'll never do that but how many know we serve other gods right um some of us serve the god of netflix Uh, let's get real for just a second If we're supposed to love the Lord our God with everything we are, then why do we waste so much time doing meaningless crap? And Can I talk to you men for just a second? You were built for more. Can I tell you? A lazy man is a dangerous man. You were never built to just sit around the house. Uh, I remember when I was probably 16 or 17 years old, I went on a missions trip to Haiti. And a uh, teenage boy, you know, likes to sleep in or whatever. And uh, uh, Pastor Haynes, he would every morning come in and wake me up early. Way too early. Way too early. Um, and he was like, Drew boy, it's time to get up. Got to get out of that bed. Of course, I didn't want to get out of bed. Drew boy, and this is what we say all, all the time, Drew boy, people die laying in those beds people die laying in those beds and boy can i tell you a couple weeks ago with that covid that's the only thing that kept going through my head i gotta get out of this bed i gotta get out of this bed people die laying in these beds Um, men we were built for more when we're idle we get involved in things we should never be involved in when we don't have things, missions and goals to accomplish in life, we focus our energy in places we don't need to focus them. That's why men get caught up in addiction so much statistically more than women do. Because we get so fixated on something else. When God has called you to greatness, He's called you to accomplish things. He's called you to do. He did not call you to sit in your room and play video games he did not call you to play on your phone he did not call you to watch binge watch Netflix I'm preaching to you if you're going to love the Lord your God with everything you are you cannot do that by being a lazy person who sits and does nothing well what else am I supposed to do seek the Lord Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, am I saying it's wrong to do some of that other stuff sometimes? No, but take a break every now and then. And I know I'm preaching to every single one of us this morning, but laziness is a sin. I'm calling you out of that this morning. I'm calling you to serve God with every part of who you are. With every part of who you are, to fear God. You're gonna to have to stand before the Creator God someday and give an account for your life. And well, what are you gonna say about that portion? You're gonna to have to give an account for every part of your life. What will you say? Like, like the scripture tells us here that we should fear God. And I know we we like, well, you know, he's our friend and, and he wants us to draw close to him. Yes, but he can also end us like that. God can end us like that and he chooses not to in his mercy and his grace. It reminds me of, we, we, we twist things so wrong sometimes. We, we, we play with God and we think it's okay and um it's like have you ever been in a in a baby nursery that's decorated in noah's ark and then like paint the boat and the giraffes sticking their head up out of the boat you know and the the two cows or the two sheep or the two ever sometimes we see it on, on nurseries and churches and things like that right and all the water and rain and you know what we never paint the millions of people who are dying drowning in the water like yeah we think the noah's ark is a cute thing for kids because there's animals involved but the story of noah's ark is a story of god's wrath and his judgment on a people who are hard-hearted to the king and we turn it into something cute and adorable no we will never paint noah's ark in any wall in this church because it's not a cute and adorable story. It's a God who is so jealous for his people that when they turned from him, he said, Fine, you're going to get the penalty of your error. You're going to get the penalty of your ways. You're going to get what you deserved. In verse 15, it says, For the Lord your God is in the midst, is your midst. He is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. Our God is a jealous God. And this is a righteous, holy jealousy. Not a jealousy like, you know, I don't know, like you see like a couple teenage girls on a movie or something. Not that kind of petty stuff. This is a righteous, holy jealousy that the God who made us desires all of us, that we worship Him with, every part of who we are and what we do we say no god you're not deserving of this part and there's no fear of god in us instead we just want to look christian and so what we are is we're the manifestation of that noah's art painting but it's our life look how cute god is look how wonderful he is being a christian is wonderful Ladies and gentlemen, being a Christian costs you everything. It costs you all of your heart, it costs you all of your soul, it costs you all of your might, all your mind, all your strength, all of everything you are. And the question for us this morning for our House of Prayer is Have I surrendered every part of who I am? What am I holding back? Because, can I tell you something? Here's the good news is that Jesus, he, he desires you and He gives grace to meet you. This sermon this morning isn't just, oh man, I'm a dummy. I'm, I'm not surrendering to God in every area. No, this sermon this morning is God's grace saying, okay, here's, here's your warning. Come to me. Here's your warning. Come to me. Hey, Zach, can you come on up? This morning, this message where the Lord is saying Shema. He's saying, listen. He's saying, hear. This is God's grace. He is so jealous over us that He sent His one and only Son to die for us and our place. Do you realize that only perfect people get to go to heaven? Right? And that means every single one of us in here, we've fallen short of that glory, Romans tells us. Like, none of us are perfect, not one. And so none of us get to go to heaven But Jesus, He who knew no sin, He became sin. And so that we're a people who we don't always give God our all. We don't give God all our heart and our soul and our might. And God in His mercy dies for us to show us grace in our lack of surrender. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 27, it says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before Him and they stripped Him and put a scarlet robe on Him. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus did this for you. Are you living a life that's worthy of this that I just read happening to Jesus? Because listen, what I'm reading here is that He gave His all for you. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on His head and put a reed in His right hand. And kneeling before Him, they mocked Him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Like, He did this for you. So, is what you did earlier this morning worthy of Him doing this for you? What you did yesterday. Is it worthy of a king who would go this far for you? And they spit on Him and took the reed and struck Him on the head. And when they had mocked Him, they stripped Him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Listen. His name was Listen. And they compelled the man to carry his cross. And they came to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified Him, they divided His garments among them by casting lots. We used to sing this old song, and it said, Jesus paid it all all to him i owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow here's the reality jesus gave his all for me like he loved me with all of his heart jesus loved me with all of his soul jesus loved me with all of his might and what scripture tells us is that the only reason I know what love is, is because he first loved me. And so the reason you're having an issue in your relationships isn't because of that other person is an idiot or a moron and they keep messing up. The reason you're having a problem in your relationship is because you don't understand the love of God and how much he gave towards you. And how much we're supposed to give towards others and i'm going to pick on men again because the scripture tells us men is that we're supposed to love our spouse the way like christ loved the church and and gave himself for it like we die to ourselves we give all of our everything to love this other person bow your heads and close your eyes this morning Jesus gave everything. Jesus is asking for everything. This is the first and greatest command that you will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind and your strength. This altar call this morning, if you say, and I have not been obedient to the command of God, I'm asking you to come down front this morning and make it right with the Father. Surrender to the King this morning. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.